Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 18 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. On today's show, we'll be speaking with Michelle Pitts-Brown. Michelle Pitts-Brown is a registered nurse, a master's level social worker, has a master's degree in law, and over 27 years of experience working with children in the behavioral health, school, and foster care settings. Michelle uses her professional and personal experiences to advocate for her son who has autism as well as other children affected by developmental disabilities. Michelle has degrees from Howard University, Norfolk State, and Regent Universities. She is married to her husband, Thomas, and they have two adult children, Ryan and Annalise. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, but to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And that scripture of inspiration is from today's guest, who I have the pleasure of speaking with, Michelle Pitts-Brown. Michelle, welcome to FASD Hope. Thank you so much, Natalie, for having me. So a little background about Michelle and I, we became friends on Instagram. Uh, We became connected through a video we were both in, Red Shoe Rush Remix, and that was our FASD Awareness Day 2020 video, which is hopefully still continuing getting some momentum on, on the internet. Michelle is a registered nurse. She is a master's level social worker, and she also has a master's degree in law. And most importantly, Michelle is a parent advocate and a parent to two beautiful grown children, one of whom has a developmental disability. Finally, Michelle is the author of an amazing, wonderful treasure of a book called Embracing Your Child's Unique Abilities. So today we're going to talk about a lot of things, but again, Michelle, I'm so happy you're here and I would love for you to share with our audience about your journey into parenthood and particularly being a mom of a son with special needs. Again, Natalie, thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, My background and motivation uh, for writing the book uh, was my journey. My journey as a parent to both of my children, as you said, uh, one who has autism. Um, The journey starts like everybody else's when you are expecting a baby, you're excited and you're preparing and, you know, you're you're nesting, you're getting everything um, ready to receive your baby. And, uh, you know, you're excited. And then as time goes on, you, you know, you might realize, okay, my child is not, you know, kind of keeping up with some of the developmental milestones and, you know, you say, okay, well, it's all right. It's it's coming. It's coming. And then you 
you say, okay, I think something is, is going on here. And it's in that moment that you realize that there's something very unique about your child. And you have to process that. You have to work through that um, in order to bring your child to the place where they can thrive. So that was the beginning of my journey. My journey started like anybody else's who's uh, expecting a baby. But uh, as you go on, you you understand that maybe there's something um, a little different. And then you say, oh my goodness, how am I going to work through this? How am I going to push through this? And I tell you, it is my faith that has pushed me through that. And so I wanted to share that with other parents. I wanted to help them understand that although your child may be a little uh, different from other children, that they are still special. They are still a gift. They are still here for a reason. They have a purpose. And our job as a parent is to help them work through that um, and to get them to be the best, best version of themselves that they can be because they are truly a gift. Absolutely. And so many things, when I was reading your book, so many things stood out to me. Um, I really, first of all, you discuss FASD, which as an FASD parent advocate, I was just like almost jumping for joy because so few books that address developmental disabilities specifically talk about FASD as the spectrum. You know, we know many books talk Mm -hmm. about fetal alcohol syndrome, um, but but your book really eloquently addresses and, and defines FASD. So, you know, that I was, you know, hooraying about. The other thing, and you, you touched upon this um, just now, is I am very appreciative in how you address grief as a parent of a child with special needs and how it's important to not only recognize the grief that your child will have a different life than their typically developing peers, but also that you allow yourself to experience those stages and those stages are fluid, you know, in your journey as a parent. Um, Can you just before we talk a little bit more about your professional experience, can you just talk a little bit about the role of grief and and how as a parent you do need? Yes, grief is a natural process. Anytime that something happens to us unexpectedly, um, that is not uh, the way we had anticipated, there is a certain Uh, amount of grief work that we have to do in order to get to the place where we can move on and move past it so that we can then uh, prepare ourselves to do very important work. So um, as a parent of a child with a developmental disability, as I said, you know, my journey started out like everybody else's. And then as as time went on and, and then it became more apparent that there was something different you know, part of us goes into denial, you know, we just don't want to believe that that something uh, is happening that we hadn't anticipated. And then there might be some anger, there might be some bargaining going on. Um, And then there might be, uh, you know, some level of acceptance, but it's a cycle. It's a cyclical thing that happens because every time um, you reach another milestone, every time something major happens as your child becomes, uh, you know, 
um, older. Um, as I said, my son, he's 29. So we've gone through all of the childhood, adolescent, and now we're into adulthood milestones. And so it's a cyclical process and you have to be really honest with yourself. You have to acknowledge uh, what you're feeling and say, it's okay to feel that way, but I need to work through it um, in order to put myself in the best position to help my child thrive. And that's just, again, so important for parents out there, no matter how old your child is, whether they're, they're an infant, toddler, child, teen, young adult, adult, it's important to allow that because you will experience grief, you know, through different milestones, as well as your, your child will experience um, that grief too. So let's talk about, you have this wonderful lived experience as a mom. Um, Your son is an adult now. Let's talk about your professional experience and how that plays a role in your life. I am so thankful um, and I feel blessed that I do have a professional experience that helped support the needs of my son and also gave me a lot of working knowledge, um, you know, to, to kind of rely on and pull on to, to get some strategies together. Now, my son is 29. Uh, when he was uh, an infant and a toddler and, a you know, preschooler, that whole, you know, that whole era, there weren't as many resources and organizations out there. (laughs) And because I was a nurse and, uh, you know, I was able to pull from the the clinical aspects of it in in terms of monitoring the milestones and where he was or, you know, trying to figure out some strategies on how to best help him. And then uh, my master's degree in social work also uh, helped me just kind of be honest with myself and process some of my own feelings and develop a support system and reach out to other people and not feel shame because if you're not careful, society will make you feel ashamed. Um, They will shun you. They will marginalize you because if your child is not able to keep up with the developmental milestones of their peers, they kind of get left behind. They kind of get pushed aside. So the nursing and the social work background was a really good blend um, to not only deal with the medical and clinical aspects, but also the emotional aspects. And uh, it also helped me not to allow people to marginalize and shame my child and to also my faith factored into that because I said, wait a minute, my child is here for a purpose. My child has a destiny and he deserves everything that every other child um, is entitled to. He deserves those same things. So I was able to pull from that. And then the legal uh, training, which I got about three years ago, really helped with advocacy pieces. I already was able to advocate, uh, but it really gave me some legal background to pull from um, and to just know what precedents had been set and um, how to really get in there and uh, build a foundation for an argument to get things uh, accomplished for my son. So one of the many reasons that we are posting your wonderful book on our FASD Hope website is that, first of all, I wish that this book was around when my son was first showing symptoms of his diagnosis of his FASD. I wish this book had been written about 15 years ago, <laughs> but I know, I, I, you know, honestly, I know it, it's in God's timing and, and, but I want 
people to, to be able to read this book because you give so much valuable insight about things that like for me that I discovered on my journey, you know, you point out things to parents and caregivers that many of us, you know, learn along the way. Before we go on to our next question, I just want to share with our audience some of the chapter titles so that you can get an idea of what Michelle covers in her book. Just the Facts, Not My Child, Making Your House a Home, Purpose Driven Parenting, Developing a Plan for Inclusion, It Takes a Village, When You Get Weary, and resources. Again, this is just such a treasure of a book that I hope that many parents out there, especially the ones who are just starting this journey in parenting a child with a special needs, particularly a developmental disability, can learn from and can help them and can guide them. So Michelle, what was your inspiration for writing this book? Because It's such a needed topic. You focus on the strengths and the abilities of those children that so often society, like you said, focuses on the opposite. One of the inspirations was, I remember one time when I was, I was so desperate and in despair and just felt so low because I was going through a battery of tests with my son, you know, trying to determine how to best help him. And I just remember sitting in front of uh, one of the therapists, uh, a speech therapist, and I said, you know, I just wish I had somebody to help me. And she was so focused on her task of testing him for speech and language. She didn't even respond to me. She didn't even look up from her, her paper. She just plunged right on through. She finished testing my son and she ushered her out of the office. Now, I don't think she did it in a, because she was a mean person. I just think everybody is so pigeonholed into their little niche of what they have to offer. Uh, they don't understand that parents are struggling. They are struggling so much. And there just wasn't enough emotional support. As I said, my son is 29. And back when he was coming along, I really had to fend for myself. And also we were a military family and we moved around quite a bit. So as soon as I got my supports in place, we were, we were relocating again. So it was me and it was Jesus. (laughs) We were trying to figure that thing out that I, you know, as my son got older, I said, you know, even though there are a lot of resources, a lot more resources now, parents still need as much emotional support as they can get. So that was one reason I wrote the book because I wanted to share some of my personal stories. I wanted to share how important faith is because without faith, I think I wouldn't have made it. I just don't think my son would have achieved a lot of the things that he has achieved. So I really wanted people to understand that, yes, you can get this done. You do not have to believe what the world tells you about your child in terms of them not being able to achieve and accomplish things. If you are a person of faith, you can do it. You know, you can use your your, your prayers, you can use your scriptures, and you can use your can-do attitude to get things done and to make things happen. Absolutely. And we both know that this parenting journey, especially with a child 
with a developmental disability can be very isolating. So faith is key, we both know. And one thing your book mentions, which I love, is just developing that support system. And that support system may change, you know, whether you move or whether, you know, your child gets older and and goes on to different environments or, or whatnot. So that's really important. And you and I both understand that it's important for us as parents and caregivers And this is going out to teachers and professionals also. It's important for us to focus on what your child can do versus what they're not able to do. So what are some simple ways that parents and caregivers can start shifting their mindset from what a child or teen cannot do to finding those strengths and those abilities? One of the biggest things is to make sure that you surround yourself um, with positivity. I learned very early on uh, that I needed to really uh, be very discerning about who I would allow in my home. If uh, someone was around my son or either one of my children, uh, you know, and they were negative, making negative comments, focusing on things that, uh, you know, were deficits, you know, I just would block that out and say, you know, look, I I have a lot of work to do here and I can't get it done with negativity. And so I I learned very quickly to weed out like the garden, (laughs) to weed out anything or anybody that drained me, that did not um, encourage me, uh, that did not believe in the goals that I had set, which is to help my son thrive. Uh, that's, that was a big, big part of, of, of what I, what I did to, to kind of shift my mindset and to make sure that I stayed positive. The next thing I did was to educate myself about my son's disability, to stay on top of new treatments, new uh, you know, programs in the area, anything that I could, use, you know, pull from as a resource to, to help. And then another thing that I did was I, you know, really evaluated and studied his learning styles so that I could figure out the best way to teach him. And I would try to figure out different strategies and, you know, find different um, materials and, and different pictures or whatever I could to help get the information across to him so he could take it in, process it, and learning. And then I would also structure my home in a way that it, it, you know, it was very peaceful, calm, that he wouldn't get overstimulated because, you know, if he got overstimulated, you know, autistic children, they too much stimulation, it just kind of sabotages anything that you've done um, that has been helpful. So there, those are just a few things that I, that I did to shift my mindset and make sure that we stay focused on strengths. I always look for what he could do and, you know, I, I would always reinforce it and praise him and, and just make him feel like you can do this. We can do this together. I love hearing that, Michelle. That's so awesome. So often our kids hear 
and we as parents hear what they need to do and what is not happening versus like what you said, focusing on those strengths and focusing on those abilities. So another thing I love is how you share your faith throughout the book. And it's a foundation for you and for your family and your family's journey. What advice can you give to weary parents, especially to those parents who are in the trenches, those parents who are really in the valleys right now? What words of faith and hope can you speak to those parents and caregivers? So there, there were many nights when, you know, the day was over and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know if I, I'm going to be able to do this. This is just so hard and the resources are so limited and then the supports are just not what I had hoped they would be. I would always remember, you know, God's promise of never leaving and forsaking me and all things work together for the good for those that love God. I fell in both of those categories, you know, so <laughs> I believe that he would never leave and forsake me. And I believe that all things work together for those, for the good, for those that love God. So I would pull on that. And then I would say, okay, you got to get it together. You got to take some deep breaths. And that goes into self-care. Um, I would just kind of put on some inspirational music or, you know, take a nice shower after the kids got to bed or, you know, I would maybe go out and just breathe some fresh air and um, maybe call somebody who I knew would support me and not judge me or, or maybe just get some sleep. Cause sometimes we just need some sleep <laughs> just to rest, um, to pour back into myself, to try to find ways to rejuvenate myself and, as the years went on, I just realized how important self-care is. So I would encourage everybody just to do self-care at least three times a week. If you're not doing it at least three times a week, and I encourage you to do it more, but if you can get at least, you know, three acts of self-care a week, that will help your cup not to, uh, to become empty. You have to pour back into yourself so that you can help your child. Um, and also uh, just remember that you can reach out to somebody there's always somebody out there don't ever feel like you're alone because just like you're feeling alone there's somebody else who's feeling alone too so plug into um, local support groups um, find other parents who are like you uh, you can get online and, and find lots of you know support groups so I would encourage you to do that as well and we know as both moms and, and parent advocates that having that support, having those people that we like to say, um, get it, yeah, really, right. having those people that get it really is important, you know, and, and our journey is, is such a different journey. However, we have both discovered that our journey, as hard as it can be, is such a gift from God. It can be so beautiful and we get to see things that nobody else does, you know? Yes, I am totally in a hundred percent agreement. I'm going to continue to, to promote this wonderful book, but before we close this inspiring conversation, 
Michelle, what can you give to our audience as what I like to call a hope takeaway, something that they can take from this conversation about celebrating the strengths and the abilities of your child, your teen, your young adult that has a developmental disability? The biggest takeaway is that every child has a purpose. They have a divine purpose. And Our jobs as parents and as caregivers is to help them figure it out, help them walk that journey, walk it out with them. The only way we can do that is to believe in them and to stand on the promises that they are here for a divine purpose. So we need to, we need to grab our resources, develop our tribe. We need to stay encouraged. We need to pour into our cup and we need to go get it. And I'm writing this down, (laughs) even though my, my book has about 20 post-it notes in it and my book has writing in it. I'm still writing this down because you are such a treasure and you're information is just such a blessing to to those parents and caregivers. So not only if you're a parent of a child with a developmental disability, would I encourage you to read this book, but if you know somebody, if you have a friend or a family member that is just, you know, either just learning or struggling, I encourage you to to take a look at this book, to to, to buy it, to read excerpts of it. Um, Just It's such a treasure and it's such a practical book, yet at the very same time, it is so inspirational. And I love that. And Michelle, I love talking with you. Will you come back on our show sometime again? Oh, I absolutely would. This has been (laughs) wonderful. Lots of fun. And I hope that, um, you know, we can do this again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you want to learn more about Michelle's book, Embracing Your Child's Unique Abilities by Michelle Pitts Brown, you can find it not only on the FASDHope.com website, but you can also find it on Michelle's website. And that is www.michelle, and that's M I C H E L E, Pitts, P I T T S. Brown, B-R-O-W-N.com. And we will have her contact information where you can find her on Instagram and where you can find her business on Facebook. We will have Michelle's contact information in our program notes. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Vecchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com. Or please leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Podbean, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us next week. And remember, to be informed, take care, and always have hope.